beef and trees are on the plate in this episode of the Voices of Montana podcast. That's right. The month of May has been declared beef month in Montana, and Governor Greg Gianforte calls into the show to talk about our state's growing meat production. We also discuss the controversial Constitutional Initiative 121 and why he opposes it, a new forest management plan recently announced for Kootenai National Forest, and other ways the state is planning for the drought and fire season. Later on in the show, we get into a bit more of the woodsy side of things with Jason Todd Hunter. Jason is the Headwaters Regional Representative for the Montana Logging Association and joins Tom to talk about, yes, logging, but also carbon credits available through our forests and the role forest management plays in carbon sequestration. You'd be hard-pressed to find two topics more Montanan than beef and forests, so I hope you come away with a little something here about how both of these are progressing in the Treasure State. Lots on our plate as we welcome Montana Governor Greg Gianforte to the program. Good morning, Governor. How are you? Hey, Tom. It's good to be with you. I'm up in the Flathead today. Oh, yep. Sweet. Uh, You guys were up there yesterday. Speaking of forest management, what's going on? Well, we made a record announcement yesterday. The largest good neighbor authority agreement ever inked in the state of Montana. It was a joint effort. Uh, Our state's own Department of Natural Resources and Conservation led the way, partnered with the Kootenai National Forest up in Lincoln County. Uh, We have to become better stewards of our forests so we don't have to breathe them every summer uh, as they burn. Uh, So this agreement, uh, Good Neighbor Authority Agreement, we're going to manage up to 10,000 acres a year for 10 years, 100,000 acres Uh, We were out in the woods yesterday to celebrate it with people from the Forest Service, county commissioners, uh, state officials, uh, and the landowner. Uh, So it was was really good. And they even let me get in a feller buncher yesterday, which has been a dream of mine for a long time. Really? Okay, what's a feller buncher? This is a piece of equipment. It looks like an excavator, except that where there normally would be a bucket, there's like a uh, four-foot circular saw. Uh, with uh, grippers on it. So you can grab the tree, whack it off, and stack it in a pile. Uh, I've, I've seen when those first came out, I'm going, oh, my gosh, that is the way to do that. Uh, so what was that well, like? They wouldn't They wouldn't let me touch the controls, but they let me sit in the cab, and that was kind of fun. Oh, well, that's cool. Well, um, I, I see you're work, uh, you, you know how to work a branding iron, though. They let you touch that, huh? Well, it's beef month. Yeah. We had to celebrate beef. I mean, I, I, let's be honest, Tom. Every day is beef day in Montana, but uh, we did designate May as beef month, so they let me grab the branding iron down at Phillipsburg, uh, helping out a third-generation ranch family down there, brand about 100 calves. Uh, It's just a way to shine a light. We we love what our – we produce the best beef in the world. We've been working on increasing uh, processing capacity. had a chance yesterday to visit with Jerry – at Superior Meats in Superior. He started out with a truck with two poles on the back and a, uh, a length of cord uh, slaughtering beef at the ranches. Now he's got an operation. Uh, he's processing 50 head a week, creating jobs there in the community of Superior and helping our ranchers get better value for their beef. You know, that's a story we're hearing in, in a lot of places. They're very encouraging where um, you, you see these businessmen expanding into this need for processing. Um, uh, I think we're making headway there. We are. This last year, uh, through the Department of Ag, we've really targeted value-added ag. So we've been doing grants and low-interest loans to processors that want to expand, and we're making progress. In the last 12 months, we have doubled the amount of capacity here in the state of Montana for processing. And we just announced last month uh, – 
really a historic agreement between the state of Montana and the USDA. We became the 10th state in the country to have a cooperative uh, interstate agreement. So now state inspected meat processors, uh, if they enroll in this program, can ship their products to all 50 states in the country, they're not restricted by Montana state boundaries anymore. You know, and that, it just seems like such a kind of a common sense sort of thing. I'm not sure whatever the hangup was on that. I'm sure it was certification sort of thing, but we got past that then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It was bureaucrats and rules. That was the problem. <laughs> Montana Governor Greg Gianforte is with us, the state's 25th governor. Uh, I like uh, um, the, the that you receive more votes than any candidate for governor in Montana history. Um, well, it's it's fun that you can you can say that too. Uh, but um, uh, that's uh, a feather in the cap, and also you know leading Montana in this difficult time. One of the things that um, is on our plates, and and you had noted too, the the economy, the inflation adjusted rate for Montana uh, was rather rather high. I'll let you go into those numbers there. But the question I have is, how do you peel out? The effect of the pandemic. How do you feel out the uh, peel out the effect of our stimulus uh, and and all that has gone into those numbers to really see what kind of track we're on? Well, we we did have good news here in the last week. Montana's economy grew at an inflation adjusted rate of six point seven percent. That's the seventh fastest growth in the country. So we're leading the comeback. And to your point. I inherited an economic pandemic that was created by wrongheaded policy. Uh, we reversed that uh, to get our economy going again. And I, I'm pleased to report that personal income in Montana grew by 8.5% in 2021. That's the fastest rate in 15 years. We have more people working than ever before. Record unemployment, uh, unemployment levels. Uh, now, that tightens up our labor markets, but we're investing in trades education and other things to help fill the workforce shortage. But it started with incenting people to go back to work instead of paying people to stay home. Some of those numbers are, are in our housing market as well. Again, going back to the growth that perhaps um, Montana wants to encourage, there was uh, another announcement, and we talked to Todd O'Hare from the Montana Chamber of Commerce on it recently, about Hyundai Motors coming into Montana. How significant is that in terms of this discussion about, um, you know, solid movement forward? Well, this is exciting to have a global car manufacturer select Montana as their location for research and development on advanced vehicles. They're moving the operation from California. And what really appealed to them as we met with them was uh, Montana's open for business. And our work ethic and quality of life are being recognized. They're going to create 50 jobs in the Bozeman area, high-wage jobs. And I have to say, we, we just saddle up to them and help them through the process. I even served them steaks at my house to close the deal. Uh, and I was thrilled to be at the, uh, the ribbon cutting this, week, this past week uh, to welcome Hyundai Motors and their advanced research facility to Bozeman. They're going to be building, like, side-by-sides that have drone attachments, these things can actually walk. They're about the size of a side-by-side. I think I want, might want one for elk extraction, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of applications. Well, and we and like I, I, we talked about that. Um, 
but I'm not sure we got the full description of what this this multi-purpose uh, terrain vehicle uh, looks like there. And it, it does look like, uh, well, it'd be a specialized use and, and, and perhaps that. Montana Governor Greg Gianforte with us. Want to kind of piggyback um, off of the economy into into our housing situation. I know there's a proposal out there that uh, has raised a lot of ruckus, CI-121, to cap the uh, growth, uh, growth rate in, in property tax increases. Just a few other things. Um, a large group of public officials opposed to this. You've added your name to that. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so uh, let's hear the facts. We have rising property taxes. Appraisals are going up. It's a problem. We need to address it. Unfortunately, CI-121 is not a good idea. It's really a wolf in sheep's clothing. Uh, I would encourage people to learn more and not sign the petition. Um, it's really Robin Peter to pay Paul, and it's Honestly, it's what California did in their Prop 13. Um, and it's amazing. I oppose it because it's going to, when you squeeze a balloon, it pops out some other place. There's better ways to cap property taxes. We reduced taxes significantly in the last legislative session. I think we can do more on property tax, particularly for low-income folks where um, property taxes are a large portion of their income, people on fixed income. We don't want anybody kicked out of their house because property taxes go up. But as you mentioned, I'm not the only one opposing it. It's a diverse group. Farmers oppose it. Realtors oppose it. The Montana Chamber of Commerce opposes it. Even the teachers union opposes it because it's going to defund our public schools just like it did in California. Rarely do these union leaders and business leaders get on the same page. Farmers are on the same page. Contractors are on the same page. Learn about CI-121. There's other ways that we can lower property taxes without shifting the burden. And here's, Tom, here's how it would work. Let's say a, a young family wants to move closer to their grandparents. They buy a home uh, down the street. Under CI-121, they're going to have to pay more for that home, and their property taxes will go up. Uh, older Montanans who want to downsize, it'll make that more expensive for them. It's going to shift the burden to a farm and ranch community. It's going to shift the burden to Main Street businesses. You just can't squeeze the balloon and not expect it to pop out someplace else. There's better ways to fix this problem than with a cap. The squeeze, though, um, is, is happening to real people. Uh, Montanans, um, generally, they're older Montanans on fixed incomes. Um, yeah, this kickstarts a conversation, a needed conversation. I think, though, we've seen, uh, Governor, that this conversation has been on the table, but real solutions uh, to address it. Although uh, there have been measures that have helped. But um, what what is on the table now that moves this forward from the legislative or administrative standpoint? Well, we we advanced property tax relief in the last legislative session, increasing uh, breaks for fixed income folks by $12 million. Uh, we expect to be able to do more of that this next session. Yeah. Uh, and so there are existing frameworks and programs to do this because you're right. We don't want to see people on fixed income get kicked out of their homes just because the appraisal went up. But by Putting your finger on the economic scale, you're going to disadvantage farm and ranchers. You're going to defund our public schools. And I don't know why Montana would want to do what California did. They screwed it up. We shouldn't screw it up here in a California's fashion. Uh, we talked with Kendall Cotton from the Frontier Institute and uh, encouraging regulations uh, easing in the housing market. Uh, and that's done on the local level. Can the state encourage that somehow? 
Yeah, we can. We're, there are a couple things we're doing. One, we're streamlining our permitting process so builders don't have more certainty around getting their permits. Uh, it's also the case, let's just face it, we have a, we have a, a supply and demand problem. We're probably 30 to 50,000 housing units short in the state. People are fleeing uh, these uh, states that don't love freedom the way we do, and they're coming to Montana. Uh, and uh, so they all want to buy homes and we just don't have enough. So we've got to build uh, contractor capacity. That's why streamlining permitting is important. It's why we're investing in uh, uh, training more carpenters and plumbers and electricians. And we're seeing the private sector respond. But there is no government program that will be big enough uh, to solve this problem. We need the private sector to step up. The state is helping in that. Our MTech trade scholarship program is right. a good example. The, uh, stand by, Governor. We've got more with Montana's Governor Greg Gianforte here on Voices in a bit. Hey, new guy. Shovel, right? Yeah, right. And I'm not exactly new. I've seen some action. Yeah, what's your story? Hey, my last gig, I nearly got electrocuted, almost drowned. That guy never called 811 to see if it was safe to dig. Our guy calls every time he digs. It's quick and easy. Any tool can do it. Calling 811 gets your underground utility lines marked for free. It makes every project safer for everyone. Hey, safe digging is no accident. Always call 811 before you dig. Know what's below. Tap, click, or call 811 before you dig. Welcome back. It's from Montana for Montana. Voices of Montana from the Northern News Network. That's BB. He'll have headlines in a bit. And we're with Montana Governor Greg Gianforte. Is, uh, from the MLA, Jason Todd Hunter standing by. Uh, Governor, again, I appreciate you, you being here. want to kind of, uh, well, let's piggyback off of this, that, that rate of growth in Montana. Now, we, we've talked about we're slow on, on the housing market. Um, when, you, when you look at that survey, how, how people have those concerns about how fast Montana is growing, I guess there's a, there's a two-edged sword on that. How do you manage without discouraging growth? Well, you know, I had one of the most encouraging meetings I've had in a while up in Malta last week. And this is the benefit of getting out on this 56-county tour. I'm talking to you from Kalispell today. Yesterday we were in uh, Missoula, Superior, Thompson Falls, Libby, Eureka. But last week I had a meeting in Malta. I had about a dozen young couples. One of each couple had grown up there, sometimes both. They moved away, but they'd all moved back. And one couple owned the insurance agency, another couple owned the, the rug and furniture store, another one ran the pharmacy, another one was a general contractor, and they're all raising little kids. They own Main Street. And it was such an encouraging thing to see Montanans move back home to the town they grew up in, bring in vibrancy back. One of the things that was neat was enrollment in the local elementary school was higher than when these individuals had graduated. So I, I think Montanans can figure this out. Uh, we need to work together. Uh, it's The housing issue is particularly acute in some of our larger towns. Some of our rural towns, we haven't had a new house built in 40 years. Uh, so building back uh, construction capacity, uh, we've been coming alongside the town of Denton trying to help them. Uh, we have a number of houses under construction up there now. Uh, that are in process or planning, and uh, we we I think as Montanans we can come together and let's let's talk about the issues and work to solve them. Guys can get a look at the fire briefing that uh, Governor Gianforte uh, had uh, maybe a week or so ago, um, and the 2022. That's on the Facebook page. Um, I want to kind of go into that too, and, and maybe. 
fold back into that discussion about the the good neighbor authority and uh, some of those those projects there, how they're working, and maybe what's next on that. But also in relation to this this fire season, we're getting some rain now, but uh, I think your approach has been uh, for this next year to encourage a pretty aggressive approach. Yeah, no no question. If it burns, we got to put it out. Uh, so we have adopted what we call aggressive attack. This is the policy we followed last year for the fires under state control last year. 95% were extinguished under 10 acres. So there's two things that we're doing related. And this was the briefing we had. I've asked the Forest Service and BLM because they're managing lands here in Montana. We want them to use the Montana strategy of aggressive attack. Um, and I've, uh, they've, they've agreed to that and working with us. Now, we have to hold them to that to make sure that when it burns, we put it out. Uh, because we have a forest health crisis. We've been fighting alligators for a long time. That's why at the top of the segment here, we talked about this new good neighbor authority agreement that we just signed yesterday. It's historic. It's the largest one in terms of number of acres and term in terms of number of years up in Lincoln County. Uh, This is a sign of things to come. We made it a priority. Uh, We've got to reduce the fuel loads in our forest. Our forests are not healthy. There's not enough habitat. You can't get access for recreation. And we've almost strangled off our timber industry. Mm -hmm. So this creates jobs in rural Montana. Yesterday we announced in Lincoln County a good neighbor authority agreement. There will be 10,000 acres per year for 10 years. This is going to put people to work. It's going to give us healthier forests. There's going to be more wildlife habitat. Everybody wins. Uh, And I'd like to see dozens more projects like this so we can bring health back to our forests. Do you think this um, could lead the feds into being maybe better partners when it comes to forest, healthy forest management? Well, they'd like to do this work. The challenge is they get sued up mm-hmm. and down. And uh, so they're tied in knots. What the good neighbor authority does though, it allows the state to take the lead in managing federal lands under a cooperative agreement. This is, Uh, a provision of the Farm Bill. When I was in Congress, I uh, expanded the scope of the Good Neighbor Authority. We've had this tool in the box, but we haven't uh, haven't used it. So I directed the Department of Natural Resources and Conservation here in Montana to take this tool out of the box and put it to work. Last year, we doubled the number of acres under management. Uh, We're hoping to do that again this year. And this is starting to make a down payment on giving us healthy forests again. We're going to talk more about that uh, coming up here with Jason Todd Hunter from the Montana Logging Association. Uh, uh, I know you've got to run here too, um, so I'll, I'll 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 save that question for next time, uh, Governor uh, Governor Greg Gianforte. Thank you, I appreciate that. Uh, you doing anything fun this weekend? You know, I've got my little projects around the house. I'll probably stick a shovel in the ground. I put a bunch of trees in a couple of weeks ago. They may need some water, uh, uh, and uh, and uh, we have. Uh, uh, we're, we're, uh, it's just fun being out on the road this week. We were, as I mentioned, we were all over the Western Montana, got to do a little branding, yeah. got to go to some meat shops, did some town halls. We honored some veterans. So it's been a full week and I'll reflect on that yeah. and, uh, maybe turn my cell phone off. For yeah. A well, that's a good idea because people are going to call you cause, uh, I need some branding help. Governor, are you free? Uh, everybody gets that call. Well, I can't tell you how many offers I've gotten. <laughs> uh, hey, be my place. 7 a.m. on Saturday, we'll put you to work. So. <laughs> I love and it. I, I don't, I don't, I don't mind work. So yeah, and we'll we'll look forward to seeing you out on the road. All right, thank you, Governor. Appreciate that. Be safe. 
Okay, thanks, Tom. All right, take a break. Jason Todd Hunter next with the MLA, the Montana Logging Association, after our NNN Northern News Network headlines from BB. During the pandemic, many of us postponed health care appointments, but now it's time to catch up on checkups. From well visits, annual exams, and immunizations, to preventative screenings and scans to catch issues early, to visits with specialists for chronic conditions, and the dentist and eye doctor, too. Let's all focus on health and get health care appointments back on the calendar. Start by making a health care appointment today. Learn more at Facebook.com slash Health 406, Montana Department of Public Health and Human Services. All right, welcome back. Uh, I want some comments here at 781-627-5483. Uh, if you want to recap some things, uh, comments from Governor Greg Gianforte earlier. Now moving on, but staying in that vein for the Montana Logging Association, let's welcome uh, Jason Todd Hunter. Uh, he'd been a, a logger in this in this old, uh, grand old uh, state of ours for a number of years and now with the Logging Association. And uh, good morning, Jason. How's it going? Good morning, Tom. It's going good. I appreciate you being here. A uh, lot um, in that conversation recently with Governor Gianforte related to forest health, forest management, good neighbor authority. Um, your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, I was really excited to hear that project up in Lincoln County is going to be a go. Um, you know, that's, that type of a project will encourage investment in our industry, such as a sawmill. You know, when I was a young man and first started falling timber up there, we had, you know, three large mills in Lincoln County, and now there's none left. You know, there's some small ones, but no no big, no, no none that would be substantial enough to take the product off of the 10,000 acres of treatment per year. Um, so that type of investment is is just exciting for our industry. We still have a lot of loggers in Lincoln County, and I'm sure they're all pretty excited to hear this news. Talk more about this uh, good neighbor authority. Uh, I know the governor did as well, but from your standpoint, um, uh, the more the collaboration between state and Fed, uh, but also being able to fast track some projects. And, and I know that there's there's probably more projects out there to talk about that have been uh, benefited from the GNA. Yeah, you know, that that program uh, has been very successful. I think it's it's helped the helped the US Forest Service or and the BLM treat some ground that otherwise might have not gone untreated. It it uh, basically rallies the rallies the two together as partners to work towards the common goal of of uh, one keeping a healthy timber industry alive in Montana, but two treating acres that needed to be treated because we have a, a huge backlog right now of acres that are primed for either serious forest health concerns or or catastrophic wildfire. And it, it seems like there's more momentum in uh, uh, folks recognizing, and especially folks who may be on the left of the political spectrum, recognizing the importance of proper, better forest management uh, for our health, for the health of the forests, um, are are they engaging in these uh, GNA projects? And I know that you have worked uh, with the Montana Forest Action Advisory Council, and uh, that had uh, that had accomplished some things in a nonpartisan manner. Yeah, correct. I don't think I don't think forest health is a partisan issue. Um, it's uh, it's a huge problem for all of us. You know, the I sat on the on that Montana Forest Action Advisory Council and. We had, uh, you know, we identified around 4 million acres of extremely high priority where 
people's lives are threatened if nothing happens on those acres, but also 9.1 million acres of forest in Montana that is at risk for either catastrophic wildfire or or as a concern for insect and disease. 9.1 million acres. Uh, that's an awful lot of territory. We're going to come on back and talk more with Jason Todd Hunter from the MLA about how we improve the health of those acres. Voices of Montana continues right after this. Have you heard all the buzz around Fraud Watch Friday? Hi, Tom Schultz here, host of Voices of Montana, inviting you to join us along with AARP Montana for Fraud Watch Fridays. We discuss how to identify fraudulent activity and share tips on combating those pesky scammers. In between shows, listen for tips on how to protect you and your loved ones from falling victim. For more information on Fraud Watch Friday program days and fraud tips, visit aarp.org slash mtfraudwatch. Welcome back here. We're talking about uh, forest health overall with Montana Logging Association. Uh, Jason Todd Hunter, he's actually the Headwaters Regional Representative, lives there in, in Harleton, Montana. You you know, uh, you're, uh, every place in Montana is God's country, but um, you're you're in part of God's country that is, is being hidden from the rest of us, Jason. Yeah, it's terrible. Tell all your friends. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate that. I know exactly where you're going, and and and, and you knew where I was going with that too. Uh, so, shh, 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 Harlington, shh, Central Montana. No, 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 no. Oh, it's too late. Uh, no, we're dealing with a lot of things. Uh, one of the things that that uh, we continue to talk about here is because we need we need economy, we need a strong economy in Montana for a lot of reasons and, and a lot of years. Uh, there's been a resource economy, of course, the timber industry a part of that. You know, we have watched Jason as our timber. Uh, infrastructure got got pulled away for a lot of various reasons. Some of them, uh, I would say, uh, not so wise in the grand scheme of things. Uh, but we're uh, are we are we healthy enough? Do we have enough of a logging industry to get in there and deal with, as you said, the nine point one million acres uh, that are available to us that need uh, better forest health? Well, you know, I guess. Uh opportunities the you know the opportunity that projects like this gna up in lincoln county is going to maybe encourage more people to get back in or or have some of our current contractors grow the size of their company um you know i think i think the opportunity is is obviously getting better with with projects like that going ahead um there is a lot of work to be done out there and i think the important thing for everybody to remember is that if we don't have viable timber products industry, then all of this work that needs to be done becomes a pure cost. And there are many states that are in that boat. And, you know, if you want to treat an acre of ground, it's uh, it's going to cost you. And many places and many timber types in Montana, you treat an acre of ground and the landowner gets a check on top of the treatment. So it's uh, that is the other part of the story that doesn't always get told very loud. Well, and and I was just thinking the other day, and I shared this with you uh, that um, you know I I know how uh, I can look, I can see the forest. I've I've been taken on tours. Uh, there's there is a lot of work that needs to be done there, and I can't help but think back when we had a real healthy forest industry, and we had all those workers and infrastructure, including government uh, workers. Um, that that were in the forest and working it actively, uh, albeit I think we've learned an awful lot since then, and our practices, uh, for the right reasons, 
have have gotten better. I just can't imagine how much healthier our forests would be if we had that sort of workforce that was productive um, in the forest. Uh, because it looks, in my opinion, and maybe this is just not even a question, but it, it just seems like uh, it's a pretty tall order to uh, to treat the, that magnitude that we're talking about. It is. It is. And, you know, honestly, that's part of the reason, you know, in, in the MFAC discussions or Montana Forest Action Advisory discussions, the, you know, the 9.1 million acres is is what really needs to be looked at and treated. But then we broke it down to, you know, about 4 million acres um, based on, you know, where there's an immediate threat for, you know, properties or, you know, life um, in the event of a catastrophic wildfire. So that is even four, even, you know, 4 million acres is still a mighty tall order. I want to talk a little bit of, uh, well, let's, let's finish up here. As we look at some of those, you talked about the 4 million acres high priority. Uh, where are they at? Uh, there's a number of projects. Uh, maybe they're not all finalized yet under that, that GNA there's uh, something that you talked about too is is cross boundary treatment. Uh, you know, explain that for us, and and you know if the benefits of that. Yeah, so uh, you know the 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 discussion behind that is, you know, forest insects and fire doesn't stop at property boundaries, so the management shouldn't either. So a big part of the MFAC was let's look at at landscape level treatment, multi ownership to ad- address the forest health concerns and the wildfire concerns and and yeah there out of the first rfp there was a, a lot more applicants than what there was funding for but they funded 14 projects um you know going from troy montana to ecolaca montana uh, obviously different treatment in different spots um the cool thing about it is if it you know if they if there was logs available on those projects it also it re- greatly reduced the the cost, and so you're able to treat more acres because those logs offset the cost of of those projects. So um, that's kind of in a nutshell how it how it was uh, how it's been working. Um, and currently, there's work going on 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 I think believe all of those 14 projects. Some of them are pretty much wrapped up. Um, you know, one of them that I've been up on and looked at was the Red Lodge ski area, a big project up there to to uh, protect that uh, community and that that uh, that business and all the jobs associated with that from from fire so any work on mcdonald pass not that i am aware of it is pretty bad when you drive over mcdonald pass and look at the forest health isn't it yeah yeah noticeably um yeah um but nothing from this gna currently to work up there um, let's see, Basin Creek, uh, uh, that's another one, that's in the Butte area, uh, that's in an area of a, a single-source reservoir uh, that feeds a lot of water in, into Butte, um, and and uh, so dry and hasn't been managed for so long that there's acidic levels that are becoming a problem. Um, are, and I understand, I think that uh, there is probably maybe a little bit of work being done there? Yeah, I believe so, um, and, and I know they're working on a bigger project there. Um, you know, yeah. a lot of that, you know, some of that material has been dead for so long, it's not a viable log anymore. Yeah. But thankfully, we have a, a, a still a very strong firewood market in the state. And so um, we can still put that that wood fiber to use. And, and that's a good thing, because you're replacing, you know, when you burn 
burn wood in your house, you're replacing some other source of energy or freeing up another source of energy, and, and uh, it's uh, a good thing. How, how is the industry, and Jason Todd Hunter is with us here uh, from the Montana Logging Association, Headwaters Regional Representative there, uh, logging.org for more information. That's a pretty good uh, URL, Jason. Um, uh, how is the logging um, industry now? Uh, more smaller diameter trees and, and the wood products industry has learned to uh, adjust to that. Um, what, you kind of just give us an overview of that. Yeah, so there's, you know, it's still, um, it's, it, yeah, we, we utilize small diameter trees. Um, unfortunately, uh, when, when Smurf at Stone went out in Missoula, that was our, our biggest source for small trees. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've have a lot of, uh, we have a very healthy post and pole market for the, for the small stuff. And there again, you know, the, the, all the big stud mills will take, you know, wood down to a five and a half inch top. Um, oh, okay. I mean, that's getting down there pretty small. Um, so it's not, yeah, it's not all looking for the, the biggest, baddest tree out there. Um, it's looking for what's right for the forest. Right. What? And so as we move forward with some of the knowledge that we do have, uh, cutting, but also replacing, um, what's the timeline, uh, what's the sustainability, uh, for, um, that kind of, of healthy in versus out uh, in the forest? You know, it, it varies so much, uh, Tom, depending uh, on where you're at in the yeah. state. You know, some of our best growing ground in the state is up probably in that Troy. And, you know, some of the drainages over in western Montana where, you know, you're looking at, uh, you know, I, I told you earlier I'm getting long enough in the tooth that I'm, I'm seeing them go back in and do some commercial thinning on projects that I was involved with in the early 90s. And you think, oh, that wasn't very that long ago. And, and you go, well, I guess that's 30 years ago. You've got some grown uh, children in the forest. Yes, sir. And we're, and they're already back in doing some, you know, doing some commercial thinning. So, um, you know, it just depends on where you're at and other places in the state where it's a lot drier and, and not as good a soil. You're, you know, you're looking at a 50 or 80 or a hundred uh-huh. year turnaround. That makes but, it a little uh, difficult too. Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. Yeah. But, well, uh, the forest never stops growing. And if you, don't manage it it manages itself yeah right uh, and sometimes you know terribly so especially unnecessarily so when when we can sustainably uh manage the forest i gotta take a break i want to come on back and just touch a bit on on carbon sequestration in the forest and carbon crediting there's a lot i don't understand about that jason todd hunter is with us here on voices of montana don't let uh setting up a 401k for your business feel like a never-ending marathon lace up your sneakers and uh, learn how simply providing a high-quality retirement program can be for your employees. Montana Retirement Choices Program, where you get a lot of information, might get you to that finish line. Montana Retirement Choices from the Montana Chamber. MontanaChamber.com for more information. It's from Montana for Montana, Voices of Montana. Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any town pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Back with Jason Todd Hunter from the Montana Logging Association, Headwaters Regional Representative. And uh, Jason, I, pr- I appreciate you being here. Always have 
um, a lot of questions and, and there's just a lot of care for, I think, the public when it comes to our forests. We want to make sure we're doing it right. One thing that has emerged that I, I don't have a handle on yet uh, is is carbon crediting. Uh, is is the forest a good place? Uh, and again, I, carbon crediting, I, I, it just seems to be like almost a made up thing. But is uh, is is the forest a good place for sequestration? Well, yeah, Tom. Um, you know that's interesting when we when we when we get into that discussion. And I'm not a, by any stretch an expert on that, but it, it 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 is something that has been on our radar for some time. And and there are folks looking at it, and there are po- folks actually trading carbon credits in conjunction with their forest, or certainly are, are in the mode of of getting to that level. I think the thing that we all need to remember um, from the just from the field standpoint and from the real life standpoint is that a healthy forest is a huge carbon sink. You know, when those trees are growing and growing fast, um, they're sequestering a lot of carbon. Um, as a forest gets older and starts to die off, at some point they actually become a net carbon emitter. You know, and I would, I would argue if you drive over McDonald Pass and look at that, um, there's probably more carbon coming off of there than what it's sequestering. Yeah, it even it even yeah. turns to methane long distance, along uh, over the long term. Yeah, I I believe you're right. Yeah. Um, and and so, um, it, it I don't think that you know the most people really need to get hung up on what the general, you know, how many tons of this and that. We'll leave that to the scientists. But but uh, you know, if you have a healthy growing forest, there's no doubt it's a it's a uh, it's a carbon sink and it's sequestering carbon. You know, and the other part of it that people really don't talk about, Tom, is that when you build out of a product, which I argue wood is the greenest building product that we have, uh, when you build a, a something out of wood, that carbon is also sequestered in your house. My house is built in 19, 1910, and, of course, it's all wood construction. And, uh, you know, it's still very inhabitable and... and uh, that carbon's been wrapped up here for, you know, 112 years. So yeah, yeah, no, uh, that's a good point. Um, how how is the uh, the industry compared to? I know we lost a lot of market share to Canada uh, during uh, this environmental push. Um, uh, we we gaining any of that back? Yeah, um, you know, the there's a lot of things been happening in Canada, and there's been a lot of large mill closures. Uh, part of that is uh, my understanding is the the crown cut uh, cut their asq or ad, you know advertised uh, or their sustained yield calculations they mm-hmm. cut that significantly um so we've had some fairly large mill closures up in canada and that has improved the the u.s market some but also the building boom that everyone knows about and mm-hmm. just the demand for lumber has has greatly increased that as well so you know lumber markets right now are are fairly strong and look look to be continue that into the future so i i really hope that uh that that trend continues and and uh that we have some success here yeah yeah me too um uh, running out of, out of time here any final thoughts jason no just thanks a bunch for having me on today you know and i think uh, like you said earlier it's a nonpartisan. everybody loves their forests and i argue that nobody loves the forest more than loggers they're they're loggers because they like to work in the woods they like to be outside and and uh, I, I argue that uh, some of the best stewards of the land we have in Montana are the loggers. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm glad you said that. I very much appreciate that. And I know that you guys have a uh, forest stewardship program and, and uh, do, do an awful lot as well. Um, and still 
a lot of work to be done. Thank you, Jason. Appreciate that. You bet, Tom. Jason Todd Hunter with the Montana Logging Association. My thanks to Governor Greg Gianforte for being on earlier. Also, tip of the hat to Eric Young, our in-studio engineer. I'm Tom Schultz. Thank you for being here. Open phones tomorrow. Always remember to measure your words, but let your voices be heard.